This is Facing Fentanyl. Interviews with actual users. That was my first encounter with fentanyl. Their experiences. My nose was to the steering wheel and I could barely stay awake. But most importantly, the lessons leading them out. I'm the only person in that picture that is still alive today. Where they can speak of what it is to be facing fentanyl. The following interviews depict substance use and mental health disorders, including abuse, depression, suicide, and trauma. If you or someone you know are suffering from these disorders, we recommend reaching out to the National Prevention Lifeline at suicidepreventionlifeline.org or the National Alliance on Mental Health at nami.org. That's N-A-M-I dot org. Listener discretion is advised. We'd like to thank our sponsor, La Jolla Recovery, before getting back to our interview. La Jolla Recovery is an alcohol and drug treatment center in San Diego, providing evidence-based solutions to addiction for over 12 years. The pandemic has impacted mental health immensely, and if you're wondering whether a loved one or yourself might be using a substance beyond recreation or fun or social bonding, La Jolla Recovery wants to answer all your questions in a private and confidential manner at LaJollaRecovery.com. That's L-A-J-O-L-L-A Recovery.com. That's again L-A-J-O-L-L-A Recovery.com. Now back to our interview. So it starts with prescriptions? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think in my experience, that's what it did. Cause you know, before I started using heroin IV, that's what led me to that was like, I really loved Percocet and I loved hydrocodone and I would buy them up whenever I could find them. And uh, you know, when you become physically addicted to opiates, um, if you go eight to 12, some people shorter span of time, some people longer, you literally get, you get sick, you go into a physical withdrawal. And um, the pain and like the mental, um, the mental state that you're in, you'll do anything in your capability to not feel like that anymore. Whether that be lie, steal from your family. So, so stopping is hard, and your reward system is hijacked. Absolutely, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so you said twelve and thirteen. Twelve and thirteen, yeah. That's when I was kind of exposed, to, like prescription pain pills. Oh, so you were you were prescribed first? No, these were things like my boys, my friends. Okay, their parents had in their medicine cabinet. We'd be like, say um, their parents just had like a minor surgery and they got you know prescribed thirty Percocets and maybe their parents took three or four and left them in the medicine cabinet. We'd be like, hey, bro, go grab these, and we would split them up and take them. Were you scared your first time somebody shared it, or, or was was there some interest? For sure, some interest and like their attitude going into it, like, no, just take three. You'll feel really good. And like, you know, if, if they were kind of skeptical and scared going into it, then maybe I would have been too. But they were like, no, dude, you feel really good. Take two or three. You know, we'll chill. No big deal. So this is very common. Yeah, I'd say so all across America, for sure. Would you say it's easier to get prescription opioids than, than alcohol? Uh, potentially, because, you know, I would say so because, you know, uh, I'd say probably like seven out of 10 of the kids in my age group, if they were to go into their parents' room or their medicine cabinet, would probably find some type of like low to moderate strength opiate. And when did you notice that there was a fentanyl after the ex exposure to the patches? Um, probably around like 2013, 2014. Um, it went from like heroin being cut with a little bit of fentanyl to like they're really starting to push the fentanyl issue in itself. Like um, on the East Coast, they have like powder heroin and then it went kind of more toward like a raw, like a, a really diluted raw fentanyl form to where you could buy just like fentanyl powder. 
and what do you think makes that 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 drive to to want? It's just a, if it says if it's more powerful than heroin, then your body just it's like you you need it. Absolutely, yeah. Because you know if 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 you go without heroin for eight to twelve hours, you're gonna get physically sick. And say like your heroin dealer, you call your heroin dealer, and you're like, hey, bro, like I'm fucked up, I'm sick, I need to get well. And he's like, well, you know, I don't have any heroin right now, but I just, I, I, I do have this fentanyl. You're not even going to flinch because like any opiate at that point in time when you're dope sick will get you well. It just like, if it's hydrocodone, you're just going to have to take a lot of it. If it's, if it's oxycodone, you're going to have to take a pretty good amount of it. If it's heroin, you can get well. And if it's fentanyl, like you may be like a little hesitant because of the, the potency, but you know, you're going to, you're going to take whatever it takes to, to not go through physical withdrawal. But you're not going to say like, no, dude, I, I, I won't do that. Personally, I never did. And I'd be like, no, dude, I'm, I'm fucking in agonizing pain. And I'm sorry. Maybe my laughter comes out and just, this is just so common and people are, 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 are dying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes some people don't understand the mindset because they think, oh, this must happen to somebody who's different. But this is everywhere. Yeah, you know, I personally have lived with and known, you know, five people that I can name off the top of my head that have died within the past month or two off fentanyl, like that I saw on a day-to-day basis. And now they're not here. And like, um, just I, I know where they're at. I know where they were at, you know? And um, it's like when you're sick like that, you know, you, you we have to treat these people like they're sick, dude. Because like when you're strung out on heroin, um, You know, when, when I shoot heroin, when I shoot fentanyl, the only way that I will stop shooting heroin and shooting fentanyl is I physically have to, like, be removed from my situation. I have to go to jail. I have to go to a detox to separate myself from it or else I'll do anything within my power to to access more heroin or opiates to get high. But obviously detox is a much more uh, has a is focused on you getting out. For sure. But detox is also like a comfortable way to kick because, you know, if I go to jail, um, you know, I'm going to I'm not going to I'm not going to have any type of medication to help me with my withdrawal. I'm just going to have to go through it and it's going to be rough. I've done it before. It's super rough. It's I think it's even harder on your mental state because you're incarcerated. You're trying to kick dope. You're not well. You're in a, a, a violent environment and you're not at your like, you know, if someone were to try and fight me while I'm dope sick. I'm getting beat up because I'm weak. You know what I mean? Like I'm like not really in the mood to fight. You know what I mean? I'm not feeling real aggressive. I'm really docile. I just want to like lay and you can't and you can't feel anything. Yeah, you're in a bad situation. You know, you're gonna get beat the fuck up, in my opinion. But but yeah, like detox, they go more like a um, you know like a medically assisted route, whether it be like methadone or, or suboxone or subutex. And these meds, you know, like... And they help, by the way. This is evidence-based research, these medications that sometimes some people go like, well, this is not real recovery because you're not doing it. Well, yeah, in my personal experience, like, it's almost impossible for me to get clean without these because, like, I just... If, if, if I'm in a detox and they don't give me any methadone or suboxone and I'm going through, like, a really, really bad withdrawal, I'm going to leave and I'm probably going to do everything in my power to get high again because I don't want to feel like that. So with the with the aid of methadone or suboxone, which you can go two routes, you know, you could say you could do a, a seven, 14 day taper where you could start at a higher dose and gradually get up off of it. And then you can kind of like comfortably go through withdrawal and then get off it and, you know, go forward with your recovery. Or you can go the maintenance route where you just continue to take this every day, which is a better alternative than sticking a needle in your arm and ending up essentially dead and, you know, just 
having your family constantly worry about you. They don't know where you are. They don't know what you're doing. You know, they're terrified. They don't know what's going to happen to you. Um, you know, in my opinion, going to a clinic every day, which I've done in the past, or like taking on Suboxone, uh, which I've done in the past too, is, is, is a far better option. You know, it's, it's risk reduction. You know, you're not jamming a needle in your arm. You're not stealing. You're not, you're not out, you know, committing crime to to fund your drug addiction. You're not hurting your family. You know, you can maintain a job. You know, you can you can start to, um, you know, create a pattern of being like a normal functioning human being that contributes something to society. And let me just say that I'm, I'm having a conversation with you and I'm seeing uh, uh, physically energetic, engaging, um, uh, I feel rapport. When you're telling me these stories, I, th I think sometimes society has an idea of what a fentanyl opiate user is. And I think they, it just, they have no idea because I'm, I'm, The, the stories that you're telling me, I just, I, I don't see, I, I don't see that. And, and that's what some people, uh, they need to understand that it's, it, it, it can happen to just anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, if you think of a junkie or heroin addict, I think people's, people instantly visualize like someone collecting cans, someone homeless, someone not doing well. But, you know, I know several people that wear suit and tie to work, suit and tie formal, you know, um, they just kind of are in a better position financially to where they can hide it better, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it doesn't discriminate. It does not, you know, there's, you can't put a face on opiate addiction, you know what I mean? Because even when you go into just like prescription opiates alone, you have a lot of people like in the medical profession, they have programs for nurses, you know, like that get caught up, you know, and get addicted to substances because it's so, it's, it's, it happens so often. And, uh, you know, like it, it doesn't have a face like attorneys, you know, anyone, high class people, you know, can be addicted to this, although they might be getting it from a doctor and they can they can kind of, um, you know, justify rationalize because, you know, but they may have like a super sketchy because I've had doctors before, um, you know, put magnets in my MRI to where it looks like um, Basically, if you put magnets in an MRI, it comes out as like a bulge in your disc. And basically, it's like a fake MRI and you go to doctors and they, you know, or you just have shady doctors that are willing to write like large amounts of opiates, like say 180, 240 oxycodone 30s. Did, did this, you went through this? So, yeah, in 2000. You went, you went to a doctor that did this? Absolutely, yeah. This is Facing Fentanyl. 